AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel M. Pern. Welcome to Bar Talk.
this is Shakira, and you're listening to AMR. Why you, why you, why you, take a minute, take a minute, take a, take a minute. Another fantastic time with my good friend Daniel. 
this time I have lowered my fee and he only has to pay me $25 to appear, which is frankly far too much for someone like me. And we are back doing music reviews. I am going to be talking some music, talking some nonsense, and talking about why the tax department's not that bad. Not really, but anyway. <laughs> no, we were just talking about that, but uh, <laughs> but that, that might be in an outtake. Uh, <laughs> Michael, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? Um- <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is how most conversations start with me. That is exactly- You know, I walk into a room, that's what I get most of the time. <laughs> Mark, what the hell are you doing near the canapes again? <laughs> Save at least look, three for the guests. <laughs> look, the pigs in blankets, what is there not to love? I'm sorry. <laughs> if I book the catering, I'm going to eat the catering. That's what, that's what I'm here to do. I want to I welcome you properly before we okay. get too far carried away. I'm going to mention the songs we just played because I get- I, I piss off my station manager if I don't mention them too early. <laughs> I piss off Gareth No End. So, folks, you just came off Winifred um, with her new single, Into the Night, and just then was Imbi and Slim Set with Heat Sink. Um, Mark, you've been a busy boy lately, haven't you? You're, you're earning the big bucks now. You're, you're doing all kinds of fun stuff, aren't you? I'm um, uh, always, always keeping busy, you know. It's a... Uh this, this is the interesting thing about geopolitics. My my lovely fiance continues to remind me of this. When I started the uh, the geopolitical show I run, I said to her, I'm really worried I'm going to run out of topics to talk about. And then I realized there is constant war in geopolitics and I'm going to be fine for a while. Um- <laughs> Someone's always pissing off someone else on the global stage, aren't they? Yeah, the more I dig into it, the more everyone just kind of hates everyone. It's, <laughs> it's pretty nonsense here. Um <laughs> Generally, yeah, there is all there's a lot of wars going on. I don't know if people are realizing this, but like there is a lot of wars going on, and someone should probably be keeping an eye on this. <laughs> and that person isn't me, thankfully, but uh, more most importantly, I've got to keep my eye on the real trouble, and uh, that's partially you, partially the other other members of AMR, but more importantly, these <laughs> not so troublesome songs, these excellent songs, must I say so myself. Um, I mean, every week. Just, just oh, blows me away how good the music is. The amount of times I've come on this show and I get your little, I get your playlist beforehand. I give it a listen to, and I have, you know, I'm going to let you in a secret. I have a secret bangers playlist that is just bangers for me. And the amount of times I've taken stuff from this show and has made it on my bangers playlist is almost obscene. So that is that is that is the highest praise I could ever give to one of your playlists. It is made onto my my bangers. Absolute criminality, isn't it? Look, frankly, it's just your songs and then 86 runs of Daryl Braithwaite's horses. It's, that's all I have on that playlist, but it's, it's still a good playlist and I stand oh, by it. You do the thing where you try and you know, rig the playlist by doubling up on certain songs so they come up more often. Look, 86 Daryl Braithwaite, Braithwaite horses is fine, particularly when you don't put it on shuffle. That's the best way to do it. <laughs> and we'll be riding again and again <laughs> and again and again. Horse, and then obviously you, what you want to do is put a dry economics audiobook, one chapter of it in the middle of it. <laughs> do you reckon that just breaks it up nicely? Exactly. I yeah. know year, like a while ago my, my lovely my fiance was starting to get into that whole like listening to rain where you sleep. because mm. uh, we like we live on a main road, so there's just always noise. Um, but I managed to sneak in at one point a Darude sandstorm right in the middle of it, <laughs> uh, which was at, which I thought was absolutely hilarious when it went off at about three thirty in the morning with the loud like. She did not find it as funny. Uh, Were you sleeping in the room at the time? 
I was definitely sleeping in the room at the time. So, here's the thing is, it went off and I immediately realized what was going on. But that poor woman kind of stood up, like sat up and just watched this like derude sandstorm start pounding through the room. But I pretended to just stay asleep, trying so hard not to giggle. And she looked at me and slapped me in the back of the head, knowing exactly who had done this nonsense. She was exactly correct. And I have no idea why she's agreed to marry me. But still, funniest thing I've ever heard is that poor woman getting up in absolute confusion to Darude Sandstorm just <laughs> blasting away. Was it loud enough that the walls started shaking every time the bass oh, it hit? It was bad. It was bad. Like, it was, you know, because the rain stuff is always mixed to be a lot quieter than everything. So, the Darude was at normal volume. And it was like, it was a good 30 dB jump. Um <laughs> Oh, yeah, you, you sound like you sound like a real masochist. I am a hundred percent. Why? Why else would I do a show that's an hour and a half long about geopolitics? Oh, I was going to say this masochist. is why this is why you're working for the government. <laughs> <laughs> Explains everything exactly. Um, but re- regardless of which, nothing will be funnier than if you listeners are listening. Just do it. Put Darude Sandstorm on. You know, you can get an app as well that is, it's a, I think it's Google Clock or whatever, which set, lets you set a Spotify <laughs> song as an alarm. Nothing funnier than keeping Darude Sandstorm for whenever you need it. That or Crazy Frog, because that really just confuses people even more. I was going to say, no, you're not going to include, um, never going to give you up in that. Give them the old Rick Roll, the old classic yeah, Rick like, Roll. I feel like it's too expected. I feel uh, like if I wake up to Rick Roll, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a fine day. I'm having a good time. But I feel like <laughs> if I wake up to Darude Sandstorm, it is 1992 and I'm, there's a bag of drugs somewhere. <laughs> like it is, you know, yeah. I, I can't imagine how, like, if you heard Darude Sandstorm as you're walking down a dark alley, you would assume that you were about to lose a spleen. Like, that is exactly the feeling you should have when you wake up in the morning. Um, I would, oh, you'd want to do the one where, you know, you can get, you can get like a voiceover done. It's like, what are you doing in my swamp? And then just have <laughs> Smash Mouth play. Somebody wants to talk like, in the middle of the night. I'm all of that perfect. Just that's what I do when I, you know, I, I come in from a two a.m. interview. My lovely partner's sleeping in bed, and I just kick the door open. Like, who <laughs> was in my swamp? <laughs> if you're going to do that, you got to paint yourself green. Get the green sweater. Oh, get the green turtleneck. Yeah, it's way easier to just rub yourself in uranium. You know, that way you glow green. <laughs> of course, because you know every every sub public servant has a, has a secret stash of two seventy nine. What know? do you keep in the top drawer of your desk? It's right next to the staplers. My, my, uh, my, my, my failures, my, <laughs> I don't know, Mate, I was trying to think of something I, witty. I, I keep them right, I keep my failures right up here as I tap my forehead, <laughs> right up here. Where no one can know. Oh no, I know every 2am every morning as I stare at the ceiling. <laughs> and if you do find out, just remember, I have control of the, of the strike drones. <laughs> Uh, I can't confirm or deny that. You know what, Michael? I knew your job came with perks. I knew it. Yeah. Free uranium. And that's the- <laughs> You lose so much weight on it. It's the best. I was going to say, you wouldn't need to run your car and petrol over it again. Or you're going to get a little no. generator out in your back backyard, do you? Whenever I do a- Whenever I go to the toilet, you know, I do, uh, you know, I do number twos, boom, glows in the dark, and got a free nightlight out of it. You know, it's a good time. <laughs> Just have the classic Marie Curie- 
Exactly. I get to do. I, I get to go to Chernobyl and go to the guards at Chernobyl and play the Uno reverse card on them. Like <laughs> I am the radioactive one. <laughs> oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. Um, you keep me. You keep me entertained some of the times. <laughs> some is all I can really hope for here. <laughs> I've. Um, I have to say, come out of a couple of great tracks, as we mentioned before. Um, Winifred's song, Into the Night, was first, as I did say. Now, this one was so cool. I was very, very impressed by this one. Um, she's a Melbourne artist, so I do like to like to really push – I do really like to mention when they're from the same area that we are from. Um, but it's just an absolutely cracker of a pop track. It's just oh, probably some of the best mixing out of the entire um, – Entire playlist we got tonight, and or the entire list of songs we got tonight, because just every element was just done to a T, which is what you want for a good pop banger like this. Mm. It just sat so nicely into everything. Like it, it's it's tough to find a track that kind of where all the instruments sit really nicely in with itself. It's, they've obviously had a great producer. It sat well. It's got a good little hook in the middle. Like generally, again, great little open into a playlist. Um, could definitely see it being like in the road trip playlist about midway. You know, when you're st- the enthusiasm's still there, but you haven't hit Maccas yet. That's the perfect placement for a song like that. Oh, yeah. This is only um, this is only her sophomore single, her second single, too. Oh, my God. I know. She's doing so well, and uh, I'm honestly looking forward to hearing more. This is the first time we've, um, yeah, I've had the pleasure of listening to her. So, yeah, definitely keen to hear more. Really good job. Um, she's actually from North Queensland. So, uh, you know, you are f- you far North Queenslanders. You can have your, you can have your, uh, your great northern, but we'll keep Winifred. I think. <laughs> How's that for well, a trade-off? No, look, Farnor Queensland is a you know not a but not a bad place to be in the world. Although it is, Cairns is the only place in the world I have been. I, I stayed at the Ridges in Cairns. I think it was the Ridges. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. Uh, and there was a cane toad in my hotel room. And let me remind the people: I was on the fourth floor. Um, which is just mildly impressive that a cane toad has managed to get into the fourth floor of a, you know, a four or five star hotel. Um, yeah, like nothing that that will sit with me for a long time. Like just the impressiveness of this thing sitting in in my bathroom. Well, did you do the polite thing and offer it a great northern? You know, <laughs> show some no, of that offer- hospitality. You know, it didn't even split the bill with me. That was the ridiculous bit. And for oh, some reason- going too far now. Look, as I told my boss, it's. I think it got into the bar, it got into the bar fridge. It drank all the whiskey. It drank all the vodka. You know, bloody cane toads, mate. Stealing all- Going to the bar fridge. Yeah. It's like, we well, shouldn't have had to pay for all that because, I mean, they drunk, clearly drunk it all. Exactly. Mm. It couldn't be me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm practically a church mouse. It must have been those cane toads. Damn cane toads. Exactly. This is why we need a cane toad. This, this is why we have to stop the cane toad. No they bar eat, fridges safe. They eat our native wildlife. They drink our beer. What's next? <laughs> um, after that, though, <laughs> we digress. After that, we uh, had as the heat sink, which is the new song by Imbi and Slim Set. Oh, mm. boy, this was funky. This was so funky. This is um, actually- I know this is their debut single, but um, it's actually the- uh, well, I guess the launch of the new label um, under Remote Control Records called Pointer mm. Records, Pointer Recordings, sorry. And uh, this is the first signing off that new record. But it's just a, yeah, these guys are from Sydney and they just absolutely bloody kick, kick the ball in the goal. It was just a great funky track. 
Well, my, my, management, my management was always bass. Like, I'm a, like you know, obviously, you know, as you can hear from my jokes and my tone of voice, I'm not good enough for guitar. So I became a bass player. So anytime I hear bass that actually stands out, I'm like, damn, I could have achieved something. You know, that, this, uh, this, this song reminds me of how impressive bass can be and, and also reminds me of what I did not achieve in my bass career. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, this this is they're they're aiming for this to be like your three. Speaking of your like your three AM walking around with those retro tracks, it was a bit of a retro throwback, which I really liked. But um, you know that that classic, as they say, sweaty three AM club moment when you've lost your spleen, somebody's yeah. somebody spiked your drink. Definitely sounds like they're, they're, playing. They run it through like a tape machine right at the end, which I think was really nice. Like I could definitely. Yeah. Um, get that vibe. Like they've definitely it has that tape feel to it, that warmth that you don't get with like digital work. And they may have just run it through a tape machine right at the end in the mastering process, but it's still it has that it has that warmth of like a, a ninety six Falcon uh, with no air conditioning working. Yeah, no, exactly. That's got a good the old those little tips and tricks, like you know the like the analog techniques are coming back in to like give everything a little bit of taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, actually, I was going to say this week, and there's a cool connection that you guys have. Um, I had the pleasure of chatting to Caminaro, Matt, aka Caminaro, who um, you two actually have met before, which is kind of funny, which makes me realise how much of a small world because you you almost work together. You were almost work colleagues, so I hear. Yeah, Caminaro. I, I used to work a while ago for a um a music a chain of music schools for kids with disabilities. Um, and Kaminara was actually interviewing for my old job, um, which is, you know, a crazy small world. Cause I had known Kaminara, like we'd met once before at a gig, but, um, he was like, he, he released this killer EP and I was like a super fan of him. Um, so when kind of they were looking at resumes on who to, you know, who was going to replace me. Um, yeah, Kaminara's came across and I was like, give this guy an interview. He's, he's, Songs are an absolute banger. Um, he's, he's a good dude. So yeah, when I got told I was, uh, going to be making comments on Cameron R, like all I can say is, uh, good dude, good songs, you know, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really worth your check out. Like this man is still on my banger playlist no matter what, which is, you know, again, the highest praise I could ever give anything. Yeah, because you were banging on about him last time you came on the show. Um, I'm banging and- about him everywhere. You know, frankly, you know, <laughs> I should just put an ad segment in the middle of a, in the middle of a red line episode. Like, look, you know, we got to talk about what's going on in Kurdistan, but at the same time, Karanara's <laughs> got some banging tracks. Well, yeah, absolutely right. And the album that he put just put out, Where Am I Now, is brilliant. We get into so much cool detail about the process behind how he put it together, which you, I think you're going to find really into, really interesting. Um, mm. We're going to play the title track in a sec, actually, which is Where Am I Now, question mark. Uh, but before that, yeah. I'll briefly mention um, Cross the Ditch, coming out with their new single very recently, was Alay with Said Too Much. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with these guys. They've been out for a few – they've been doing things for a few years now. Um, mm. But they are just, oh, they just, you hear these guys everywhere. Like, yeah, I'm not kidding. You'll be in Coles or whatever, driving down, you know, pull, pulling your trolley in the, the spices section, working out whether you want to, uh, whether you need extra, you have forgotten whether you actually needed more rosemary or thyme, you know, the situation. And you'll be hearing LA come on in the background. Um, we played Frozen in LA, their previous single, which was just epic. And then uh, this is their brand new single, um, Said Too Much, and it's just classic LA. It's just masterfully done EDM, just a great drop, fucking hits the spot. Exactly. And that Kiwis always tend to do that. They always tend to, like, find that nice little, like, 
they just everything's so well structured and timed. Like I really do like if every time I hear a Kiwi artist who's making it across into Australia, I always know that they're going to be absolutely like have some drop there that is just absolutely either like disgustingly fat um, or disgustingly awesome. Oh, you're not wrong. And these guys, bloody hell, they've got such a good base of support across in New Zealand. Um, They're frequently hitting the top 10 on the charts. It's just not fun. It's just not funny. I mean, it is fun. Actually, it's not funny. It's deadly serious. Uh, I was scared that was going to sound really weird. But yeah, um, said too much. It's a great song. Uh, we'll let it speak for itself. Um, Michael, are you keen? I'm keen. I'm look. I'm keen as a bean. Yeah. As, as, I'm Fan- showing my age there with that saying, though. Oh, I, I'm beanie keeny leany to have some music come <laughs> into my earlobes. Look, uh, after hearing that, I no longer feel bad about what I've just said. <laughs> yeah. LA's new song, Said Too Much, is up now. And uh, Kaminaro's song, Where Am I Now, is up n- after that. And after that, of course, I'm chatting to Kaminaro right here on you wish to make the radio. <laughs> Close enough. When I think of you, my friend, when I run you around.
This is Camerano, and you're listening to AMR. Folks, mm, how have you enjoyed that piece of sonic brilliance there? That was brilliant, I thought. And indeed, it was uh, so good, it was the most recent single. In fact, the title track as well of uh, Camerano's debut, brand new EP. EP, not EP, album. <gasps> I've had so many artists that we've interviewed that have put out EPs and not albums, and I, it's, it's ingrained in me. However, I digress. It's the album, folks. It's an EP, but you stick more songs in it. It's the album. It's uh, the album. Where am I now? And that was the uh, very bad introduction to tell you that was the title track. Where am I now? Um, after I've blundered my way through that intro, let's introduce the guest, Camerano himself, all the way from from Perth. Just, just you know, just doing his thing. <laughs> Matt, 
Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, hey, Daniel. Yeah, you, re- you really nailed that intro. Good yeah, job. Yeah, woo. Woo. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Nice. Just nice. like the album. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, congrats, first of all. Good job. Thanks, mate. It's a bloody good record. <laughs> some I, uh, say I, so myself. I was getting I was getting a lot of really interesting themes out of it. I've only listened to it. I mean, I've listened to it a few times in the last 24 hours, but I've only really properly had a good listen to the whole thing since yesterday. And I must say, if that was my album, I'd be very impressed. You must feel pretty proud of yourself. I am. I am indeed. What I'm curious, what, what themes did you pick out of it? Well, I was going to get into that soon, but I did. It's a little teaser, folks. I got themes of like apathy <laughs> and, and yeah, apathy was, if you're going to describe it in one word, I would have put it as apathetic or apathetic. Yeah. Is that the correct correct term? Yeah. Yeah, apathetic. Apathetic, yeah. There's like a lot of, you could tell it was a 2020 album. <laughs> like, no shit. If you're going to, <laughs> yeah. There was a year to feel apathy about everyone else. It was definitely last year. And you know why? Because, you know, you're all isolated in that. You can't deal. There's no way for you to deal with other people's bullshit because other people's bullshit mm. is no longer within your sphere. I don't know. Would you, a, would you agree? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting. I mean, it's, it's I always like hearing how um, people connect with music and how, uh, how a, the same song can be interpreted a million ways. So I, I can, I mean, I don't think I was, I was coming from that place because most of the songs were written pre-COVID. Yeah. So I, I wasn't channeling that emotion, but I mean, just generally, I mean, songs do come from that place for me. Um, but I did, I did produce it uh, during lockdown. So yeah, yeah. There's, there's every chance um, some of that energy got in there. I was going to say, do you reckon the fact that that you did record it in the period that, you know, that it was changed either the tone or the outcome of the songs in any way? Und- undoubtedly, yeah. Um, it, it actually took a while to get going because I started the album. The plan was to make it a bit more band focused and that's how it started. We recorded the drums at a studio and sort of poised to take it to the next step. But um, after that, you know, lockdown kicked in. Um, so I had to do the rest of it by myself. So I played the, you know, I played the rest of the instruments, the programming. Um, and yeah, there's no doubt that being in that headspace would have affected the, the sonic character of the songs. I mean, everything, whatever you're going through affects it. Well, I mean, how many of the songs were pre-COVID? Because you did mention that some of them are. Well, I mean, I wrote all of the songs pre-COVID. Yeah. And I had and I had a sonic uh, idea in mind before. So I, I had some kind of vision for maybe 50% of them. And the others were just in bare bones form. And, and the, the production was uh, defined during lockdown. But, um, yeah. Most of the songs, the content, the sentiment, that was all sorted. I had the songs for a while. Well, I mean, did you have – well, at what point were you in the pre-planning or, you know, pre-recording or even recording phase um, before lockdown happened? Because was that – was that you pretty far within that within that process or was it really just sort of, you know, in the ether, so to speak, at that point in time? Well, yeah, before lockdown, I had demos for all the songs – 
I had uh, real drums for the songs that needed it. And for most of them, I had a, a sonic flavor or a direction, um, some kind of vision for how it, how it was to end. Um, but inevitably, during the process, that did shift. Some, some took on a new, a new angle. They took a shift. I was going to say, when you were recording it, though, was it, were you finding it hard to actually focus then because you had, well, I guess, less distractions than you would have otherwise? Or actually, that didn't make sense, did it? I was going to say, <laughs> did you find it easier because of the less distractions or worse because you would find it easier to procrastinate without anybody there telling you to stop procrastinating? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it took, it took maybe three weeks to get into it. I was just, I just felt like I was floating. Uh, I felt untethered from from reality. I don't know what was going on. You know, the things that I usually held on to, like that provided some stability with, you know, with work and with uh, relationships or, you know, social engagements, those things were, they weren't happening anymore. You know, just just a level of uncertainty that everyone was living in. It made it difficult to engage in the, the album making process. Mm. But um, after three weeks, two or three weeks, um, it proved really important. It actually did the opposite. It gave me something to hold on to, something stable to put my energy yeah. and effort into. That, that's, I think that's, that's the most important thing that this, this album did for me. It just allowed me to process um, and get through that, that phase in a healthy way. I was going to ask, did, did somebody have to say something to you to get you from phase A to phase B where you were focused on everything or was it entirely internal? Yeah, it's just, just um, it was mainly, yeah, it's all internally driven. I mean, I did lean on my friends during that time just, you know, over Zoom and we'd talk about what we're up to and they would encourage me to continue. But it was it was self-driven, just like just like it is for any independent artist, it's it's up to you. Yeah, because you weren't really working at any for any time frames. There was no, there was no deadline you had to have the album out by, was there? No. Well, I mean, I got a, I got a grant. I was lucky enough to get funding to make the album, and the original idea was to release it late last year, but because of the, because of the situation, um, I was able to get an extension on it, which meant that any kind of deadline was pretty loose. You got the money and the time. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, pretty so bloody lucky. lucky. So lucky. <laughs> yeah, so, so fortunate. Who was the um, grant from, by the way? Um, the Department of Culture and the Arts. Ah, you have a Department of Culture over in WA. I see. Yeah, they're trying so to good. they're trying to install some culture where there isn't any. Is that is that the idea? <laughs> Potentially, but but um, they are they're super super supportive. <laughs> honestly, really supportive, and all my friends who. Who are um, who want to make music and are trying to make uh, music viable as a career? I always suggest going there as a first place because it's, it's hard to make your money back when you when you make an album. It's expensive. I mean, how has speaking of how has the reception been since release? Because it has been a few weeks now. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks. It's it's been really really good. Lots of lots of friends have been getting in touch. And saying they they're connecting with it, um, lots of strangers, which is hmm. surprising considering um, it feels like it's very personal to me. So it's 
it's always surprising when someone connects with a, a song that you, that you feel like it's so specific to yourself. But I suppose people are connecting to the, to the overall human element. It's not necessarily specifics in the song. They can, they can see something in themselves, you know, reflected back. I was going to say, has anybody, you mentioned like some strangers have sort of mentioned that they've liked it. I was going to say, have you had, what's been the weirdest comparison so far to your style? Like, have you had anyone come up to you and say, oh, you sound like this and you go, I've never listened to them, but sure. <laughs> um, one of the weirdest, but also most flattering is I get, I get Bob Dylan a little bit. I think it's because of the, the nasal quality in my, that- <laughs> in my vocal tone. Um, so I get that I get that more often than than um I feel like you're not a proper songwriter until that comparison's been drawn. Like before then you're <laughs> not like you're not like the real you haven't been blessed by that comparison. Then you know it's like the like the magic, you know, the magic wand coming down from heaven or the magic finger of God going you are now a real you are now a real songwriter. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Anyway, exactly. You're suddenly like your voice gets more nasally. Is that talking about yeah. the things going on, you know? Exactly. Government. <laughs> exactly. I think it's I think it's less I think it's less about my songwriting ability and just about the super nasal singing um that that he does. Yeah. Do you reckon it's just a superficial thing? Because people go, you know, oh that that Bob Dylan he couldn't sing properly and they don't mm-hmm. realise what he was singing about. Do you reckon it's a sort of a superficial thing or do you think there's actually a bit more going on there? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think it's mainly superficial. I mean, I would be, I would be fl- absolutely flattered to be um, in that sort of comparison. Um, you know, the dude is the dude is a genius. Is he isn't dead yet? Come on. No, I said is. <laughs> oh, I thought you said was. <laughs> no, no, I said is. You're not going for the uh, the old Paul McCartney died in '67 trick, are you? <laughs> I am not. He's not the real Bob no. Dylan. Bob Dylan is well and truly alive. He's still putting out, <laughs> still putting out great music. Yeah, to the chagrin of some, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your opinion on, on on old rockers like that? They just um, you reckon it's a good on you sort of thing? I was like, oh, no, you should have stopped in '97. No, I love to see it, and like I love McCartney still releasing music. Obviously, Bob Dylan, I love to see it. I mean, some of it. Some of it I don't connect with as much, but the just the act of putting out music just it, it's good. It, I, I want to see people making music for life because I feel like I'll be doing that. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good aim to have, really. Yeah, I want to be a, I want to be a grandpa, and you know, like Pops just released his forty second album or whatever. <laughs> and, like, it's a lot of albums <laughs> between now and there. This is only number one. It's going to be an album every three months, is it? That that home studio is going to get a real workout, Matt. Um, I might be jumping the gun at 42, but um, (laughs) it'd be, I mean, if if my grandma or my granddad were releasing music, I'd be right onto it. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be going to their album launches. I'd be buying a copy. There's no doubt. (laughs) What's your, what's your favorite example of just uh, somebody aging gracefully in the industry? As an either Ooh. an artist or a songwriter, who because some of them yeah, they, like they might be releasing music, but you can tell they're they're trying to relive the glory days. Whereas some embrace their age and they really try yeah. and reinvent themselves. And it work like sometimes it can work, sometimes it not so much depending on your opinion. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say McCartney. You reckon McCartney? That's a fair, yeah, that's a fair pick. He's still releasing music. He's collaborating with you know um, contemporary artists, and 
it's clear that he still is in love with the process of of making a song. There was there was a real um, interesting interview because you know um, that he did a few years ago when he came out with that song with uh, Kanye. Yeah, the, uh, and with, what with Rihanna? Um, yeah, no, and then he uh, he did a bit of that, like with a few of them, a few songs with them, and and you know how a lot of Beatles fans, like it's like the old generation. Oh, the music's not like it used to be. Yeah. Um, but then when people ask that, like, well, what what do you say to the people, like, in fans and and people that are like that? Do you agree with them or or not? And he goes, well. Pop music is still doing good stuff. It's still doing different stuff, but like he was still seemed actively interested. Like, but the answer he yeah, gave. So I'm trying to paraphrase here, and it sounds terrible. But he, the point that he was making was that no, the, the pop music and the music that's coming out today is still fine. It's just different, and it's not going to be the same. You're not going to expect the same music that we came out with, but you're going to expect something different. But that doesn't mean it's bad. And I was like, you know, mm-hmm. what? that's that's probably a good mindset to have. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, do you reckon, I was going to say, that might lead into an interesting point. Like, do you expect your style to change much as you move forward? Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, I think that I think the underlying principles will remain the same, but um, I always find I'm most, uh, I make the best stuff when I'm most engaged in the process. And usually that's from being stimulated by something I haven't explored before. So, you know, like a a new synth patch or maybe um maybe a chord progression that I haven't written a song around. Um or it could be even an effect that I find in using a plugin. It really can come from anywhere. But yeah, I think I think uh like my as a as the creator of my music, just seeing it progress over the two EPs and now album, I see, I see a fair amount of variation in, in what I make. So I'm, I would assume, and I hope that pattern continues because that's when I make my best stuff, or that's when I'm most proud in the material when it feels fresh. Do I was going to say, do um, on that point, you you're talking about like oh, new patches coming out, new sounds, new something going on. Yeah, makes you think that you don't you don't normally think about it, but no, when you do, you go, oh, yeah, there's got to be a hardcore fanboy, you know, group or fan girl. It's not gender specific here, but or fan, yeah, just a fan group of people latching onto every single patch that fucking Nord put, that fucking Nord <laughs> puts out. Like, check out this new synth sound or check out this new plugin we got, and they'd be like, straight straight onto yeah. it. But there would be a like a fan group that loves that shit, wouldn't they? Absolutely, yeah, no doubt. You're not, you're not, you're not that far up the spectrum, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, I just, I just gravitate to what excites me, and usually it's something I haven't done yet. Yeah, was there? I was going to say, was there anything you um, learnt process wise when putting the album together that you didn't realise was that important when you started? Something that I learnt about making songs that I didn't realise beforehand. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, or it's just something that you realised or came to the conclusion that was important that you might not have realised or didn't really think would be important before. Did you? But mm. it's, it's the long-winded way of saying, have you learnt anything, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I learnt that i got to make something. i got to make something fast, really, um, before there's room for doubt to creep in. The, the best stuff, it seems to happen very quickly. Um, it feels like a race to complete it when there's one of those ideas you kind of get this giddy emotion like you like you've got to go for a run or something and it's this it's this race to finish it to fully realize it 
Um, that was the main thing. It's and a, I've, I've taken that with me. It's an interesting perspective because it's not normally one you hear, but you know, it sort of contradicts your statement about there being no, no time frames before. But so it's really not so much a time frame as just, uh, it's just oh, I've got to try and beat. You know, if it's a, like a PB, it's like I've got to get this done while it's still fresh. So that's a really cool way of thinking about it. Um, yeah, but and sometimes it just takes it takes a lot of exploration to get to that point. I'm not saying that you you'll stumble upon that immediately, but when you do, when you find that thing, you know it, and it's just like go, this is it, this is the one. Hurry up before it goes to some someone else grabs it. You know, it's floating around like a cloud or something, and you're trying to pluck at it. I was going to ask about the different tracks because um because <clears throat> they've obviously been around for a little while. Uh, you said you've written them all at least a year or so ago now. Yep. Like, how many of them were disconnected from each other originally and you, you end up finding out that they worked really well together? Or was it a case of that you wrote them all going, right, this is going to make a nice, concise record? Well, where were you on that sort of spectrum? Um, I wrote 30, 35 songs for the album. And um, and I, I gravitated to ones that they just felt like they belonged. There's, there were some songs that I wrote that are still pretty good that I might use at a later date, but they didn't feel part of this body of work. So, yeah, I, I just wrote lots. I wrote and produced a lot of music, and pretty pretty early on it was clear which ones had um, a golden thread that was connecting them together. And then it was just a matter of, okay, what – what role is each song having and how do I how do I best serve the sentiment in that song? Was there a particular theme that you had in mind for it or was it just something that was in your subconscious? Like you go, this sort of matches, but I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah, I can't I can't articulate it as as a one theme, but there there are several topics which which it explores and they're all related. It's kinda like they're in the same postcode. Yeah. Sort of, were you, were you thinking of similar things when, when you wrote them, just sort of different perspectives of similar events or ideas, or was it really these inspirations came from different areas and you go, well, no, you know what? When in hindsight, that actually sort of matches and interweens or inter- intertwines itself, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely, definitely the latter. It's more, mm. I, I made this song, it, expresses these kind of themes it is loosely connected to this other song that i made they would probably work together as a partnership i'm gonna say with the um with so obviously you um you said you had a lot of songs to go when you're putting the album together had to do a lot of cutting as as is pretty common in the in this sort of game i was gonna say you normally one of those people that has to go right i have to finish the song like regardless of how shit it might sound, regardless of what it might be, I had to finish it, get it done, then work it out. Or do you find that if something isn't working, you won't, you'll have a lot of trouble finishing the song and it'll just be gone. So are you left with a lot of snippets or are you left at the end of the day with completed songs that you need to get rid of? Um, with the actual songwriting, I have to finish it regardless of how, how good or how shit it is. Yeah. But, but with the production stage, yeah, I'd be happy to bail on, an idea if it's not coming together mm. because that's the, I, I don't, I don't know if it's going to get to the end until that part. Um, and the, the songwriting part, it feels like I need 
to get to the end because if I don't finish it, then it's just gonna it's gonna rear its head in some way. Just get it out of your system. So you reckon it's it just why you reckon that that there's a release with actually completing it that means you can sort of let it go, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah, it frees up some some space in the brain, and you can like it's just as important to get shitty ideas out of your brain as it is to get the good ones because next time <laughs> that idea won't won't get into a decent song, you know? Yeah. You reckon so you're really of, of the opinion that it sounds like, you know, like the the ratio of like the ten the nine bad songs to one good song sort of thing. Like you get the, the ten shitty ones out of the way and there will be some gold. Yeah, I think I think my ratio is like out of every ten songs there's one that's great. There's probably three to five that are good and the rest are just shit. At what point do you have to cut? Like, do, do you, have you ever had the experience where there's one what you thought was really good um, and then it turns out after, I don't know, whether you've played it live or whether you start hearing opinions of everyone else that you realise that it's probably not as good as you thought it was. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm- Does that happen I, common? I, commonly? <laughs> is, is that a common occurrence? <laughs> no, it's not that common. Mainly, mainly if I have some- um, confidence and conviction in the song that that usually comes across to other people as a as a rule of thumb. But yeah, it has it has on occasion. I've been so convinced about a song, and you bring it to your band to rehearse it, and no one is getting into it. <laughs> it's just you. You're just having a great time. Everyone else is like, "What, <laughs> what is this? What is this trash?" Well, I guess this one's <laughs> for the acoustic album, folks. Exactly. <laughs> so, so this was there's one on the album that was like just your voice with like a I'm using it was like a modulator or a vocoder or something like that. Yeah, yeah, vocoder. And it's like you get like you go, well, that'll be a vocoder song by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 song in particular had a strange and winding path. It used to be a rock song, and then it used to be an acoustic singer songwriter song, and then I just stumbled upon that. I'm um, just just messing around on my keyboard. I just was like, I wonder if that would work. Um, and yeah, it felt like the most pure expression of that idea. And it, it kind of, in a weird way, felt funny to ex- to express those lyrics in that setting. Mm. It had some had a, had a dark humor to it, which I um, I don't I haven't really expressed a lot in my music. So that's that's another idea of finding a way to be. Uh, fully engaged in a yeah. in an idea, you know, keep yourself as excited about it because if you're not excited, then uh, no one else is going to be. Do Do you reckon there is sort of that? There's an underlying personal humor or within some of your songs that people just don't pick up on because it's just too obscure. Um, I think, I, yeah, I think so. Um, maybe not obscure, but with that particular song you're talking about, bored. The lyrics are very. They're very dark. I mean, it's talking about depression, but I'm I'm putting a I'm trying to present it in a way that the the, the lyrics is so um, they're so upfront and so personal that it, it somehow comes across as funny. Yeah. I, I, don't know, I don't know how to express that. I don't know if it comes across to anyone else that way, but to me, it sounds funny. Is it because is that is that that's the best way of dealing with it? Because you just go, well, this is just so so serious and just mind bogglingly depressing. That there's no yeah, other re- no other sane reaction than to laugh. I think yeah, I think that's a, a coping mechanism that a lot of us use, including myself, when 
when shit gets real mm. um, is to rely on rely on humor to offset it. I was going to say, how much do you reckon that your own mental health has influenced the themes and I guess the, the writings behind some of these lyrics? Like, has it? Do you reckon it features more predominantly than you realised at the time? Absolutely. Yeah. There's some there's some lyrics that I hear back now. And at the moment of writing it, you're not really sure what they mean. Um, and then, you know, you might listen to it back months later when you hear it um, on the radio or something. And you're like, oh, that's what I meant. That's where I was coming from. <laughs> so, so you reckon there's a sub, it sounds like your subconscious is really is play, is, is very, well, let's say co-writer. In this, uh, oh, in this yeah. It's out there sprouting lines that you just don't know what they mean, you know? Oh yeah, it's, the subconscious definitely definitely gets heavily involved, but that's that's usually where the best lyric ideas live. Anyway, he's the subconscious has got all the best material. <laughs> Is that why you There's have no to write doubt. quickly? Because you reckon if you if you pay too much attention to it, you just go, yes. "What the fuck is this about?" <laughs> that's that's honestly it. Yeah, give as soon as your rational brain kicks in, um, <laughs> it starts saying like, "What are you doing, mate? This is terrible. This idea." Um, but if you stick with your instinct and you finish it quick enough, you might have a chance of fully realizing it. Yeah. It's an interesting, interesting observation, really. Yeah. With, um, oh, I want to mention too, you actually had your album launched the other day too, uh, on the 20th of, of, um, March. Normally we would be at this point in time saying, oh, go to his album launch. You won't, you yep. won't regret it. But in this case, it's already happened. And uh, my question is, did you regret it or was it amazing? It was It was really good. That's, that's, yeah. that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved it. It was, it was great, you know, tying a bow on the album. It felt, yeah. like, a, felt like a bookend to the process. Um, and it's always, it's always great when your friends and family come support you for something that um, you're really proud of. And yeah, people connected with the with the songs. It was a yeah, it was a great night. Was it the first? Was it the first show you've done in ages? It was actually the second. We played okay. played uh, maybe a month beforehand. Um, but yes, it's it's been a while since we've been playing playing shows. So it was nice to hmm. nice to get stuck into it again. Yeah, our band show was it? Yeah, it was a band show. Nice. So, I mean, how did the how, how did you find the songs translated from that? solo I'm doing it in bedroom sort of setting to the let's play it live with a band well for some of the songs we used backing tracks and um we 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 tried to play it pretty faithful to yeah the album version other ones we had to find a way to engage with the song so we might have changed the arrangement of the song or made it more like a garage band you know, version of the song. So it's immediate, which, you know, it generally suits the live setting. Um, yeah, it was just about finding ways to keep the songs engaging in this new setting and not being too attached to the album version if it didn't work. Yeah, no, because if you do it exactly word for word or beat for beat, you know, exactly like the album, it gets a bit repetitive. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, it, it, that works for some of the songs, you know, with backing tracks. But for others, they didn't work. It just was not exciting to play. Yeah. Got to give your band a shout out too, because they do 
it's a lot of work involved and then you know putting oh, putting absolutely. these songs together you know trying to and try to you know stick get whipped as you try and maintain your vision yeah they're the best i really appreciate my band they're awesome so um you reckon you'll be doing more shows this year coming up in the coming months probably not in the, in the coming months because um i'm about to be a dad actually in the next month so that'll be my that'll be my focus until i know what i'm doing I want to say, want to say, congratulations, and I hope that goes amazingly. Yep, as do I. And uh, Uh, obviously, that's going to be what album two will be. Album number two will be about. It'll probably just be kids songs. Kids, (laughs) Uh, which apparently is lucrative. (laughs) So I've been told. You know, uh, was it with the Wheels being being the richest performers in Australia? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've I been taking be- very, 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 you know, you're a very astute learner by the sounds of it, Matt. <laughs> yeah, so next album will just be either lullabies or, or yeah, or kids songs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, again, well done with everything, Matt. It's been really cool going into depth about your processes and how you've how you've managed to get this 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 project together with the with the record. Yeah, cheers for having me, dude. It's been a nice chat. I was going to say, we're going to play one of the non-single songs off the album soon. In fact, it's the closer. Um, it's called It's called Came Without Warning. Um, you mentioned it, it was one of your favourites or one of the one, one of the standout tracks for you uh, for us to play. So, what I wanted to know was um, why that is the case. Was there something about the, the themes behind it or the way you recorded it that sort of stood out for you? Yeah, I think... I think it really sums up the album, and it's um, it, it's very it's very personal and intimate. The the lyrics and, and almost sums me up as an individual and uh, my relationship to music. Mm. So, so in in all in all, do you reckon the album was unintentionally a sort of a love story, or so between you and your your love of music? You reckon? Yeah, I think I think a lot of it is about exploring the relationship I have with music. You know, the 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 good, and also my tendency to, to you know perhaps uh, rely too heavily on it for my own self regulation. Yeah, you know, it's instead of you know, it can be you can develop an unhealthy obsession, mm. uh, which I've only recently realised if if that's your only real outlet for self-expression you know you can get lost in it and that's yeah. exactly what pretty much the first song where am i now and the last song came without warning explore and that's really the golden thread with the whole with the whole album and i'm only realizing it recently pretty much now talking to you that's what the album is about <laughs> uh it's very philosophical here it's just you just like to tie things together yeah, I think I think there's a thread there. I think I just I think I just cracked the code. Oh yeah. Well, we got there eventually. It's all good. It only <laughs> took us only took us half an hour to do so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool that you, yeah, you talk about that, and yet it sounds like then the book the album's book ended brilliantly, which is what you really want to achieve with an album, isn't it? Yep. Um, no, so yeah. we are going to play "Came Without Warning" real soon. Um, but of course, Matt, uh, where can people find your socials, your music, that sort of thing? Yeah, all the usual, the usual places, you know, Instagram and Facebook and um, Spotify. Yeah, wherever it's my stuff's there. Wherever and whenever. It's there. Yeah, exactly. It's there to stream 
when you're feeling lonely and, and depressed. Yeah, hopefully not just that. Just, just you know, like comforting. <laughs> no, I'm trying to trying to sell this to the the market that you know just plays it on repeat. Wink, wink. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Get those stats up. No, play it when you're happy as well. You know, all the more excuse to play it, I say. Exactly. The more the exactly. merrier. <laughs> no, Matt, thank you so much um, for coming in and, and chatting with me today. It's been real fun. Um, make sure you go and check out the record too when you get a chance and Matt's music. And, of course, wherever he ends up, if he does end up playing some more shows later in the year, please do check them out if you can, if you're in the area. Um, yeah, Matt, thanks again. It's been been real fun. Yeah, thanks, Daniel. It was That was awesome. Do you want to uh, take us out on the track? Tell us what we're about to listen to and who you are. Uh, yes, I can do that. Uh, this is Camerano. You're listening to Came Without Warning from my album, Where Am I Now? Brilliant. It came without warning song on the radio It cut through the static Dramatic
It's Michael from the Red Line Podcast, and you're listening to Bar Talk. Call the all-nighters, call the fighters, call the sound man and tell him that he's hired. Call the DJ, call the writers, call that prime minister and tell him that he's fired. Oh, 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 just call him
Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Take it away. Take take me. Yeah. Take take it away. I thought you were going to take me away on a romantic date, romantic dinner date, candlelit dinner. Look, if you're buying cigars, me dinner, will, you can you can wear whatever candles you want. I'm all I'm all for it. I was going to dress up in my my, my red. I was going to steal one of my girlfriend's dresses. I was going to you know you're going to take me out for take me out for cigars and a candlelit dinner. It wine Seems me like a weird properly combination of things. <laughs> Seems like a ju- like. Look, mate, we live in Australia. It's a fire hazard for like ninety eight percent of the year. I don't think fire. <laughs> I don't think cigars and candles is a really look. We're responsible adults. We will be wearing a kiddie pool and salads. You know, that's what we're here for. Oh, the damn nanny states got to you again. Uh, they got to me, mate. I was gonna. I was gonna say, is there a vape version of of a cigar yet? If there is, I don't want to know. Like, I, or I'm not. I'm not into this vape thing. Um, what I am into, however, is the song that we just came off. Let's jump straight into it. It was. It was. Um, you just heard downside with call, and before that, uh, Caminaro's closing track of his uh, record came without warning. Thanks, Matt. You legend. Thanks, Fias. Thanks. Um. Yeah, I was about to say another another PR. Sorry. Thanks, Footstomp. I was about to confuse him with someone else. How embarrassing would that be? Good old Asher from Footstop. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, the first time I met Caminara, I literally, I, I think I, I think I remember be, I had, I'd had a few to drink. Mm. And I remember just walking up to him and giving him finger guns and saying, catfish in the bottleman. And he was cool enough to go, yup. <laughs> I think it's the best interaction I could ever hope for with that guy. He's such a lovely, chill guy. And I've just been this guy who's walked up to him with finger guns like I'm a, like I'm a 12-year-old yeah. slowly discovering the internet. <laughs> yeah, you've um, been the, you've been the, the, You've been the obnoxious idiot, and he's been the sane one. He's been perfectly lovely about it, but I just like I was like, it sounds like this, and he's like, "Yep, it does." Like, Good. <laughs> Good. No, I have to thank Charlotte, who's one of the newbies at uh, Foot Stomp, and she's awesome for putting helping us put that together. Uh, so thank you, thank you very much, um, and of course, thank you, Matt, again for just putting out an awesome record. Um, I'm going to quickly chat about the song we did just come off, though. Downside now, oh, is it? It's been. It feels like it's been a while since I've featured a properly, like, like furiously passionate political piece, mm. and I think it's only appropriate with a man of your stature um, to, you know, for for you know for hip hop artists to go in and just absolutely take the piss out of our current prime minister for uh, pulling an old Hawaii at the start of last year. Let's think, because obviously when this whole bushfire thing was going on, I, I was on assignment in, I was currently in Transnistria, which is this breakaway Soviet Republic full of guns that still holds a hammer and sickle on the flag. Like, it is proper nonsense out there. There is bullet <laughs> holes in the walls. And I, I remember sitting in this cafe in Transnistria and this, talking with this local guy. And there are, there are microphones in the plants. The food is stale. Everything is like covered in, in nonsense. And he still looked at me and went, your prime minister is, uh, is not very good. <laughs> now, when Transnistria, the goddamn Transnistria is making fun of our prime minister. That's not a good point. <laughs> His whole cut, like, and he made a good point. He's like, my country is, de- like, he could almost be like, my country is disaster, but at least my prime minister, my, the president is in the country. At least we like, know where he is. Like, do you, yeah, remember, exactly. do you remember that week where it was just like a game of where's Wally? Like, it was like, pin the tail on the, pin the tail on the map. It's like, where the fuck's Scott Mott? Where the fuck's ScoMo? <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, and then, and then it was that, that photo got leaked of him, like, doing, like, the, oh, mm. sicko sign with those, like, with the people yeah, 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 yeah. of each. And then it just, like, yeah. It's like- yeah, it was absolutely ballistic. The fact that, like, everyone, like, we, I, I, after the Friends of the History, we flew to Moscow. And it was like, your country is on fire, but your prime, prime minister is in uh, America. <laughs> but why he do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, like they have again, they have Vladimir Putin, who I don't know if this is a secret, but he's a slight bit corrupt, <laughs> and they're making fun of us, man. Watch like, out. like, Watch I, out. Even, like, I can hear boss look. music. <laughs> Wine Putin did <laughs> did it did it did it did it. <laughs> Just hard buzz, like, <laughs> yeah, he's got. Um, <laughs> Boss, 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 boss. But anyway, like, yeah, when when these countries, these these terrible countries, are making fun of us, good God! (laughs) Oh, like, look, I I don't, I don't expect the world from our leaders. I just expect them to be better than Transnistria. (laughs) That is the bar I set. That's all I, I like. I feel. I feel like I'm not asking too much. I feel like. I feel like a man going to McDonald's and asking for a, a burger without pickles, and they're serving me nothing but pickles here. This can't get it right, can they? <laughs> no, like Jesus. But you anyway, know, like, I thought yeah. call. I thought call by downside was just an excellent bit of bit of political commentary, and you just you just got to get that vitriolity out there at some point, you know. Look, the he's got my absurdity. If he wants to, do, if he wants to do another diss track on the president of Transnistria, hit me up. I'd, you know, I'd, I'd love to help you out on that. <laughs> well, they obviously haven't got as good a material as we do. If they're I mean, complaining about our, they're complaining about our leader. <laughs> Look, if you want to make fun of <laughs> Vadim Krosnoyel, no, what is it? It's like Vadim Krosnoselsky, Vadroyed, Vadim Krosnoselsky. Yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Just go for it. <laughs> He sounds like a Bond villain. Look, the better one, the the name that- oh, So, we did this big piece on Turkmenistan a little while ago. Um, and it, Turkmenistan is a fascinating country. And the more I talk about it, I, I can go down a tangent for 20, like 25 minutes on that. But the president's name is Gurunguli Burdikh Kamenadov. And that name <laughs> will destroy me. <laughs> the amount of times I had to spare, I spent so much time walking around my house, being like, Gurbanguli, Birdi, Hokhamanadov. There's a whole, t- there's a hook in there. Why is there a hook? I- Say that back three times and a, and a Russian devil comes up. It's like the ghost of fucking Vlad the Impaler <laughs> appears. Ready exactly. to burn, burn and pillage your cities. A hammer and sickle will appear in your hands if you, if, if you say it four times in a row. <laughs> you reanimate Lenin. If that happens exactly. Yeah, he just punches his way out of that little thing. <laughs> You're thinking of that Simpsons episode, are you? He's really short. I am. I am exactly thinking about that. But I've actually I've been to his tomb. He's actually really short. Like he's really short. Um, what is it with famous leaders and being short? I look, I, I get that history is is pretty unkind, and we have got a lot taller due to like actually having like you what you eat more than potatoes wow what growth like we you know basic hygiene and nutrition is made as much taller but like yeah like he's only what five six i think five two uh, towering amongst uh, giants i mean you you look like the bloody bloody beanstalk giant compared to him <laughs> 
Well, he's one. He's one point six meters high, so he's one six. I don't know what that is in American because I don't. I don't. I don't deal with nonsense. <laughs> get, get a better measurement system. Who? Mer- okay, first of all, what kind of a goddamn measurement is stone? Who's measuring things in stone? <laughs> like who? Who looked at one stone? and was like, I weigh six of those. That's dumb. Yeah, which stone better- was the control in that situation? Which one did they pick? Oh, this is the stone we're going to exactly. use. Exactly. Like, even just, like, how many miles to it is, like, you know, it's, it is literally just a drunken man throwing dice at a wall deciding their measurement system. Like, Fahrenheit makes no sense. It's, like, it go, it's all of a sudden zero, and then it's, like, 106 all of a sudden. <laughs> like, I get, you know, Celsius is everything. It's it's boiling to, to freezing. It's, it's a lovely system. Um, and even America, when they're like, well, we got the best measurement system in the world. We got America, we got Samoa, and we also got Burma. And it's like, that is not a good, that, that's not the group you want to be in. Like, you want to be on the list with, like, Denmark and Norway. You don't want to be on the list with Burma. Ah, uh, Michael, Michael, I love your rants. Look, these are the things. These are the things that annoy me. These are the things you can't say on the Redline podcast, which I should mention is you're the the bloody host of. Doing oh yeah, it's again splendid it's nothing job. like that. It's it's me giving like very analytical dis- like discussions and chats about geopolitics, not just me be like, you know what, fuck stone. <laughs> you should do a spin-off series where you just have rants about things that piss you off about. Effectively, yeah, this is what the red the red red line can be things that make me sad for about an hour and a half, and the other show could be things that make me annoyed for about an hour and a half. <laughs> Potato chips? Why is there so much air? What's going on? What's the deal with airplane food? You know, that's that's the whole show. We'll go from there. You know, Why sh- not? You should mention, too, the other AMR shows as well before we get too carried away. Um, Heavy Reborn, of course, is out every week. And Mint, The Mint Factory, two awesome shows. And speaking of the... the Heavy Reborn, one of the one of the hosts. As I was telling you before we um started recording, I got to see his comedy show as part of the Melbourne Comedy Festival, the WTF show. And if you're in Melbourne, I think they're playing until the middle of April. Go and mm. check it out. They're on like every weekend at or most weekends at Club Voltaire in North Melbourne. And it was I can tell you from first hand experience, I had a fucking ball of a time. Uh mixed great with like interaction with the audience. His uh his other two Troop members, I guess, if you can call them that. One of them is really good at impressions, and the other ones are um, really good. Like, has a very, it's got some very nicely structured jokes as well. Like, they just have all have their strengths, and they do a bit of you know mm. skit sketch sort of stuff as well. And that that really is a lot of fun. So, and they all have their they do their bits at the start of the show. It was just a great show. Go and check them out if you can. In if you're um, around Melbourne for the next few weeks too. So, uh, but make sure, of course, you go and check out Mint Factory and Heavy Reborn when you get a chance on Australian Music. Radio.com. Um, I wanted to get that out of the way because I know we've got to chat about a couple more songs before we get get too too far down the uh, the uh, the measurement rabbit hole, so to speak. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> look, I've got lots of things about. It. Look, let's talk about the ancient Mesopotamian system of numbering. It's just ridiculous, mate. Was it, what was their one? What was their one called? I know. I don't know. I just made it up, and I really, I was really hoping you wouldn't have follow-up questions. <laughs> I'm not the one supposed to be interviewing. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm follow-up the one questions. that asks the questions. <laughs> Look, I have two palm cards out here that says "Don't be racist" and "Bitch about stone," and that's all I got. <laughs> I'm out of material, guys. 
He's a very busy Ooh, man. He doesn't get time to work on his material. So, you know. Exactly. You know, no more bronze. All I got is iron here, buddy. <laughs> Moving right along to the next stage. Um, Ella Fence is the- <laughs> We've got a couple of great tracks coming up. Um, Ella Fence and All Day uh, are the two artists we're going to play in a sec. Uh, Ella Fence, this was a cool track. This one's sort of bringing it, bringing it down a bit compared to the last couple we've played. But I really, really, really liked the the hook in this one. Just the they getting that loud, soft dynamic, like but in in a pop sense, like having that muted piano in the mm. in the verse, and then just going all out for the for the chorus. That's what well, really stood out for me for this one. Um, well, this- I didn't find it offensive at all. <laughs> You're not sitting on the fence for this one, are you? No, I'm not. I'm uh, coming down on the pro side with this. If I had to rate it a system of measurement out of 10, I would give it metric. That's how much I like it. Anyway, the song's called More to Life. It's really good, which you'll, which you'll hear in a sec. Her EP is actually out, out, out now, actually, because this is from a couple of weeks back, this press release. Her EP came out on Friday. Go and give it a spin if you can. Um but, yeah, great stuff, Ella. And after that, uh, we have All Day. Now, this this brings it to a totally different, like, muted level again. Uh, just a really sort of ethereal track. I don't know why this one in particular really, really bloody got to me, but it was just, I think it was the, just the, vo- the vocals in it. It was like that sort of muted vocals, um, like that understatement you get in some songs, Michael. Like, you know how, like, some songs are a bit overstated, but this one didn't overstay its welcome at all. It was muted. It was understated right when it needed to be. Which is weird because I, I, I played a festival where All Day was on, I think, right after us. And we're hanging out with him backstage. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like, back then it was like he was doing, like, really rambunctious stuff and he was really in your face and he's a really, like, party, party, party kind of guy. But, yeah, mm. it, it seems like a really different track for him. And I, I like to see guys who kind of, like, Step a bit out of their comfort zone and really go for it. Um, and you know, it is, it's a big move. And I really like the fact he's gone for gold here. And I think it turned out really well. Like it is really hard to go from like his older stuff where it is like high energy in your face, like, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll to like, you know, what it is today, which is like nice and a bit more chill. Yeah. 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 So you've followed all day for a while then, have you? Yeah. yeah. Like I think I played with him. God, back in my day. Um, I like I how this is like tw- connections. Maybe like, tw- like 2014, 2015 or something. It's all, you know, uh, this is where we, the whole show becomes Alex Jones. Like, it's all <laughs> um, Yeah, no, like it, it, it was like 2014, 2015 or something. And we were playing a few festivals together. Um, but yeah, like he, he's, a, he's a good dude. He's a genuinely lovely guy. Um, yeah, like can't speak highly, more highly of him as, as a dude. Nice. Uh, just, I love how there's like such a small world, like all these connections come up. Um, Mate, it's Perth. Everyone knows everyone. Like it's, it's, <laughs> there are only three people here because all of us are in Bali. That's all we got left. <laughs> Fair enough. And you haven't even, you haven't even been able to do that this year. No, this is the longest I've been in, in Australia for a while now. And it feels very weird. Um, <laughs> like, I don't, uh, yeah, I had to get my passport redone and it felt so weird to get my passport redone because I feel like I didn't need it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a weird year. I, I haven't been anywhere. Um, no one's shot at me. No one's put a gun to my head. It's been, 
you know, I, I have to go to I have to go to a, like a dodgy train station at two a.m. just to feel something these days. Now, all day, of course, is just a very established act. Now these days, this is going to be his. Actually, this is the four, first little taste of his upcoming um, fourth studio album. It's going to be called "Drinking with My Smoking Friends." Uh, that would, I'm sure, um, be very relatable to you, Michael. And <laughs> mate, I'm, tr- I'm a I'm a I'm a good boy. I don't, <laughs> I don't do any of that. Um, he's actually going to be touring, doing a national tour in August. So get your tickets, alldaytunes.com, uh, and it's licensed all ages. Oh, no, this is for oh, only one of the shows, uh, the one in Sydney. <laughs> so don't, don't rock up to the Melbourne show and go, oh, I want to bring my three-year-old kid. I'm, I'm sure he's playing at the forum, so they'll chuck him out the windows of the th- forum if you bring your three-year-old kid. <laughs> Oh my god! That's so that's so needlessly aggressive. Like, I, look, I come on your show. I'm willing to talk about the metric system. I'm willing to talk about Lenin's height, but I'm not willing to talk about yeeting kids out the window. That's where I draw the line, my friend. <laughs> um, but good stuff. You know, I, I yes, you you have a red line. I don't. So you know, what can I do? <laughs> Um, oh, this guy, yeah. this guy saying the title of the show, clever, clever man. Ah, roll the credits, Johnny. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> well, enough of that chit-chat. Um, we'll play him. Uh, but good stuff, Ella, and good stuff all day. Let's take take me out. Tell me the names of the songs again, Michael. So, we've got my good friend Ella, Fa- Ella Fence, who is not offensive, doing Mortal Life, and All Day, who is one of the chillest dudes you'll ever meet. Playing Void Part Three. Oh, oh, sorry. Playing Void. What am I <laughs> no, talking about? It, it's 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 in one part. It's just it's just Void, guys. <laughs> Look, you know, I if you want to listen to just the end, call it Part Three. But generally, the song's just called Void. So my good friend all day playing the song Void off his new album. Yeah, back soon with some more bar talk, folks. Don't go anywhere. I need to feel like there's much more left than this. I keep trying to put you first But it's a constant battle Keep forgetting it's a choice So it's not fair to get mad at you Just cause they don't get it Doesn't mean that it's wrong I've
Hello Sexy, you are listening to Bar Talk on AMR. playing Void off his new album. I'm Michael from The Red Line, and I'm talking with my good friend Daniel from Bar Talk. Daniel, what do you think of the all-day track? Bloody good. That's well, all there I'm going to that, that's, that, that's the whole review there. Right <laughs> on. Let's just end it right there, you know? Well, bloody good. Sometimes you just got to wrap it up in two words. Um, before that, too, the Ella, Ella Fence song, Mortal Life, as well. Bloody great track as well. 
Honestly, it's so many bangers on this little playlist you got here. It's, it's, the only reason I get to really do this show is because I know that it's going to actually make my drive to work somewhat bearable for the next couple of days. It's, it's, it's as if I only pick songs that I like. You can only <laughs> listen to the Fleetwood Mac album. You know, you can only listen to Rumours so many times before you have to come on Bar Talk and get some new tracks. I mean, <laughs> look, I mean, for albums that you're going to listen to over and over again, it's not a bad album to pick. <laughs> It is. It's pretty good. It, you know, my I have a vinyl of it uh, in my house because my parents were like, "Oh, have you heard of this?" You know, they had some vinyls. Like, give me some vinyls because I had a vinyl player at the time. And they're like, "Oh, have you heard of Fleetwood Mac? They're pretty good." I was like, oh, "I've heard of Fleetwood Mac." <laughs> um, yeah, nice, nice, nice snatch. On exactly. One. I'm very happy with. I'm very happy with my uh, vinyl copy of Rumors that actually came from when it was first pressed. But anyway, we got Ooh, a- original pressing. Very nice. I know. It's one of my, one of my prized possessions is that and a can of baked beans. That's all I own, so, really. Really? Okay. Now, which was in a special edition baked beans? Was it like a Star Wars- Look, you know, I don't mean to brag, but it's Coles ham flavored, which is, you know, one of the three they do. Are you trying to like um, let it, uh, what's the word? Develop in Mature? taste. Are you trying to like, that's the word I'm thinking of. Are you sitting it away in the cupboard? And oh, just- yeah. Waiting Look, for it. When to- nuclear winter starts, I'll be the guy with the can of beans. So you know, <laughs> just one. <laughs> oh yeah, it's not. It's not a, it's not a good long term plan. Come on, you know, it's you've you've mapped out where all the hoarders are, haven't you? You've mapped out where all the, the the doomsday preppers are, so you know exactly where to go in the event of an emergency. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not going to survive that blast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, uh, look, you're under the assumption that people want to nuke Perth. People, people, are, you got to remember, outside of your little bubble, nobody gives a shit what happens on that side of the Nullarbor. <laughs> hey, 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 we got. <laughs> look, come back to me. We'll find something that we have over here. Like we do, we we have some. Apart from Caminaro, you know, you we know. do. We have Caminaro, but frankly, we can save him. You know, you reckon he's indestructible? Oh, hundred percent. You know, when you make tracks that solid, mate, everything bounces <laughs> off. I reckon that album he put out was pretty indestructible. Bloody good album. Exactly. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. So, such a such a beautifully framed piece of work, which we of course went into depth as you would have heard us talk about. But um, yeah, one of my favourite albums I've heard so far this year. I reckon. I'm pretty happy with it. It's definitely it's definitely going to make my little uh, makes my banger players, and it will probably make my like top ten releases of the year at the end of the end of my year. But again, he just continues to put out nothing but good stuff. So how he has it, how he's not bigger than he already is, I have no idea. Now, Michael, um, this would normally be the time to do an alcohol review, but uh, a I'm not drinking tonight, and uh, b I ran out of booze. So, uh- <laughs> good man. Yeah, although that said, um, the good folks at home will be happy to hear that uh, I'll be very soon testing my um, two-year-old uh, spiced rum that I've been, well, I've, to be honest, forgot about for about 14 of the, <laughs> the 24 months. Look, it's it's two years old because it's been sitting in your boot for two years. That's what's been happening here. Pretty much. I've just um, been, well, back in 2019, April 2019, I'm like, right, I'm going to mm. take, I'm going to tempt my hand at a bit of, a bit of spiced rum. Because I, we had some people come over to play cards that were friends of my our housemate, and one of them brought a bottle of it was like Captain Morgan that he'd enhanced yeah, the yeah. flavour of by putting a bunch of raisins in a few like a month or so before, and they were really bloody delicious raisins. Like you'd you'd give you a shot of the booze, and then he'd like he'd give you like three or four raisins in the bottom of the shot glass. So you'd do the shot, mm. and then you'd eat the the alcoholic infused raisins, and they were delicious. Um, and I thought, right, how can I 
one up this man. Um, so I made spice rum from scratch, got a couple of bottles of Bacardi and put a bunch of spices in, a bunch of dried fruits, and it's been sitting in there for two years. And uh, mm. we have a house party in a couple of weeks. Uh, so we are going to test. It's going to be the grand opening. I'm going to drain it. I'm going to filter it out this in this next week, and we're going to have it at the party. Sounds so like, it sounds like, a, sounds like a good plan to me. I know there was no punchline to that. It's just that, yeah, we're going to try some spiced rum. I'll probably bring some on for the uh, old alcohol review. Maybe the Mate, week if after. If you bring it's- multiple ladles, there doesn't need to be a punchline. You know, everyone <laughs> can serve it themselves. Ah. Uh, uh, oh, God. No. Uh, uh, yep. That wasn't even worthy of joke of the week. I don't think. No, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna slow clap myself out. You know, this is this is this is why I'm here. Just a bitch about the you know, the imperial system of measurement and this. That's it. That's all I'm there for. <laughs> Beat me up, Scotty. I'm done. <laughs> Mate, love to meet you, Dunn. I'm uh, I'm Dad. Take me to Hawaii. <laughs> Bloody hell. Um. Anyway, how's how's things going on your end? We mentioned briefly, of course, your podcast, and we've inter- interjected about the bullshit that you've been doing. But um, how is the Red Line podcast going uh, as far Pretty as good. So topics? Pretty good. Red- so, the Red Line is uh, a geopolitical podcast where we get experts from you know the White House and the CIA and Harvard and Oxford to discuss one big subject, shaping the news each each fortnight. So, like the, park- the interview episode we just did was on Pakistan. Uh, talking about the fact that Pakistan is fighting a pretty nasty two-front war at the moment. Um, and that, that's going really well. You know, obviously, the, we did a big piece that came out recently on the geopol- geopolitics of rare earths, which was really interesting. And, you know, we take one big subject and really, you know, it's an hour and a half me being grumpy with very smart people. Um, and these people know is, what they're talking about. These are like- Oh, the, of course. These are the people that, like, these are the, where you get all your information from. Like, this is how, like, you don't get better sources than what you guys get. Exactly, and that's the that's the point is we go right to the source of the information. So, you know, we just did a piece on Iraq, and we actually got the U.S. Uh, four-star U.S. General uh, Joseph Votel, who's the commander of Central Command for the Middle East region. So, effectively, he's in charge of all Middle Eastern operations for the United States Army, uh, and he's gone and come and talking what's actually going on in Iraq, uh, which is obviously really intense to actually you know when you everyone talks in speculation of like oh what's going to happen next in Iraq when you actually have the man who's in that theater deciding what happens next in Iraq um, and that's what we do on the show we just talk with very very smart people about what is the next stage in these pretty complicated geopolitical events um, so that's been going really well I think we either sometime I'd say this week we should pass our 1.5 million streams mark which is pretty exciting brilliant um, you, you always every time you come back you're like oh I just got another 400,000 streams oh good on you it's like we're just we're just sitting in here I want a number of streams which I won't go into uh- <laughs> Um, look, you know, it's, it's not about the amount of streams, it's about how dedicated your fans are, you know, that's the whole point. Yeah, all two of them. <laughs> <laughs> look, you got me, mate, that's half the fight. Oh, um, oh Michael, you just made my day. Man, uh, where, why do you, where were you, man? They only have two streams. I'm like, I was making an alternative account, bro. Because you- <laughs> um, I'm everything, I'm everything without you, I'm nothing without you, bro. Oh, bro. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Close your um, eyes, bro. Because <laughs> then I can see my whole world. Um, yeah. Anyway, regardless, like if you if you're really interested in geopolitics, you're inter- interested in, you know, uh, like the last three topics have been Pakistan's two front war, uh, Iraq, where we where did we go wrong in Iraq, and the geopolitics of rare earths. 
uh, that's if that kind of stuff, you know, you want to learn a bit more, tune into the show. We're on available on all major platforms and, and whatnot. You can hear me be, you know, much, much less jokey uh, and talk much more about geopolitics. You know, I'm mostly sober for those ones, which is great. Mostly, mostly. Yeah, it's a you know, you surely you'd have to have a, a, a de stressor little, you know, shot or something just Look, to Look, it really get you depends it. how depressing the topic is. You know, if it's if, if if it's talking about Venezuela or something, oh boy, there's a red wine. Bit of a hyper um, hyperinflated hyperinflated El Vino, shall we say? <laughs> Mate, if, uh, Duterte, is he the he was the he's the Filipino guy, isn't he? It's yeah, kind of, yeah, we joke. we did a big <sighs> A big piece on Duterte. Um, okay. And yeah, he's a, he's a whole kettle of fish on his own. Um, <laughs> a yeah. Duterte defer- a Duterte deferral. It's when you leave it for later, but uh, something, something. Oh, there's going to be a joke in there. Oh, never mind. Um, look, we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right back, folks. Um, like a geopolitical show. Be like, which, which presidents are dumb? <laughs> you just go full BuzzFeed. <laughs> Well, top ten presidents that aren't very good. Number ten. Which you know. genocide would have you probably done? <laughs> oh, I can't laugh at that. Which dictator <laughs> can you relate to the most? Obviously, Gurbanguly Berdi Khachamendov is obviously the one I'd go for. You know, purely for the uh, purely for the the sonic aesthetic that you get from saying his of name. Of course. You know, it just rolls off. At this point, it rolls off the tongue. I get PTSD when I say it, but it rolls off the tongue. <laughs> oh, I should do. Yeah, you should do um, some linguist courses with that that level of skill. I think. Oh, I'm sure. Look, everyone's looking to hire someone who speaks pretty bad Turkmen at the moment. That's that's where the money's at. There's <laughs> a real high demand. Exactly. Look, I was thinking. Look, going you know, these may- countries, it might be hyperinflated, but you know. <laughs> like Turkmenistan is is literally just a gas bubble. That's all it is. It's a giant pit of gas. They have a like the main attraction of the country is a giant fire pit that's on fire since the Soviets. The Soviet Union actually lit it on fire, and they're like, well, I don't know what to do about it, so I guess we'll just leave it there. I don't and know. Nobody's tried to sure. like cover it up or anything. Like, <laughs> no, it's a tourist attraction oh. now. Um, so the, the president. Okay, to give you a couple of things about the president. So first of all, he 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 likes to think he's a good guitarist. So he'll play guitar and he'll play a few chords, and then when the solo comes up, he makes sure he plays like all the smoke comes up and covers him from the shoulders down, and then he'll put a <laughs> blazing guitar solo out there. He does this national day of fitness, which effectively is where everyone walks up the hill, up this bit hill to the big mountain over Ashgabat. And he will always beat everyone there. And his helicopter will be just around the corner. I wonder why. Um, oh, Ashgabat. Know. Isn't that that one where it's like all meticulously planned? Yes, and it's, it's just, all meticulously it's all planned. Marble. marble. It's all marble. You know, okay. So, the- the the. Turkmen, the Turk, the guy before Garbanguli was a guy who is known as Turkmenbashi, father of the Turkmen. So not only did he rename all the all the months of the year to be like you know January became like Gurgrok or something, which is like his dog's name. You know, <laughs> February became his mum's name. It's just dumb. But then he created this book that's and I get I'm going to piss off all four of your Turkmen listeners. He invented this book called the Ruknama, which is effectively their version of the Bible. And it's not a Bible Bible. It's a series of poems written by Turkmenbashi. And it is so integrated into Turkmen society back in the day that if you wanted a driving test, your driving test wouldn't be about, like, how can you not hit people? It would be like, <laughs> on, t- on page 34, when, Gur- when Turkmenbashi went to the sea, what did he pull out of the waters? Like, it is that kind of weird. 
Um, yeah, like he has, he, he does, put it this way, everyone thought he was dead. He just disappeared for like a month and everyone's like, okay, he's definitely dead. And then all of a sudden he releases, the way he proved he wasn't dead was they released a video of him from very far away driving his car around the pit of fire doing donuts and be like, look, his car, he could not be anyone but Turkmenbashi. He's only one who owns car. It must be him. Um, it is a weird country. Like- they, it okay. sounds like he would either be really terrible or just a blast to be around. Like, just if you're oh, having one him at a party. One of the two. Like, I, I would love to meet him and just not only say, like, love to meet you, but it would just be amazing to just get a low, get an idea of what goes through that man's head. Because, frankly, I have no- Like, <laughs> I, I genuinely understand the doctrines of most world leaders, but that guy- I, 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 He'd be no, the one you wouldn't want to give nukes. I think he makes Kim Jong Un look look sane. Kim Jong Un doesn't pretend to play guitar. Like <laughs> that, that's in, like it's so obvious. The guitar tone changes as well. Like he has a band. Like I don't like. It's it's weird. He has a really weird obsession with horses. It, it, here's an air, the airport in Ashgabat is the size of Beirut Airport, but it sees 6,000 tourists a year. Uzbekistan gets 120,000 a year. Uzbekistan gets 120,000, <laughs> and their airport is the size of Beirut. My God, people. Ah, uh, this is just, yeah, I just rant number three out of the way, I think. <laughs> Look, it's it's the metric system, a central Asian republic, and frankly, if, you know, if if we were to talk about Ukrainian gas trade, we get a Michael Hilliard bingo. That's what we're here for. <laughs> You'll have to start making um, laminated bingo cards. You know. Oh yeah. Has oh, he How mentioned clear- Venezuela yet? Oh yes, yes. As I'm you literally know- typing. That's that's crazy. I'm literally typing the word Venezuela back here at this exact moment. <laughs> All right, not to hyperinflate uh, these. Uh, I think that's the third time I made this joke. Not to hyperinflate your uh, sense of dread, but we are getting to the point where the episode shall be finishing off very soon. However, Michael, uh, we've got two stunner tracks to finish off on. Are you excited? I am. Look, I'm Michael, and I, I'd love you to remember my name rather than calling me excited, because frankly, okay. you know, yeah. But terrible joke. Oh, but God. I we got two, yeah. You've just you've just cracked it. So mm. last two tracks we got are Mirror Golden, just like Smoke, and actually a guy I had seen before, Edgar Hurley. Sometimes more connections. What's the deal with? I know. Again, you know, I'm just just so many connections, mate. Um, but Ma- yes, so Mary yeah. Golden. Let's talk Mary about Golden. her. Absolutely. Great, great, great artist, absolutely killing it. Everything everything that put, they're putting out at the moment is just like nonsensely good. That's like, I'm a very excited. I actually haven't listened to this track before. I'm going in, but I have very high hopes because it is Mary Golden. You're going to pop your, pop your cherry on this one. Popping my Mary Golden cherry on this one. But no, um, she's from, she's from uh, don't hold this against her, from Tassie. Ooh. Um, no. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Tassie. Nothing wrong. Not, not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. No. Um, what I really liked about it, it was just there was a lot of self, self, and you'll hear it when you when you listen to it, a lot of self awareness involved. It was, you know, it's a very much an internal monologue kind of song where she's sort of, you can tell that she's not taking the piss, but over like sort of really trying to shed light of that over analysis that you have. You know that bang. I don't. I guess people that have anxiety would probably relate to this really well where it's like they're always internalising everything and trying to, you know, 
this is like a back and forward going on and you know so this this almost argument going on in your head but um yeah i really like that it's a very self-referential and very self-aware which i really do appreciate in lyric in lyricisms um which shit mary got mary golden's done a done a great job at this song um just like smoke it's out now of course and i'm trying to see i don't know if it's actually part of apparently there's going to be a music video coming soon so keep an eye out i'd be interested to see what concept she takes for this one um but yeah go and check it out when you get a chance she's doing some awesome stuff after this uh actually was probably this one really caught my attention the the end song edgar hurley uh this is a gorgeous track uh sometimes and i i don't think i can remember the last time we featured a song with some nylon string on this on this, um, it's been a while. I don't think I, I think I don't think in the entire, entire times that we've been doing this, I haven't seen a nylon song come no, up. So no, there know. was a few like real gems in this week, which were just a bit left of center from what we've heard otherwise. Um, and this is a really good example of it because I got massive, massive. I don't know if you've ended up hearing this one yet, Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this has a has a really um really sort of always Leonard Cohenish vibe. Now, as a Leonard Cohen fan, I did. Love it, but I think it was from the instrumentation. Uh, and it's, yeah, I can I can definitely see where you pulled that from. And, like, it's, and I'm it's not a good vibe. fucking surprised because he's gone and it says he <laughs> he made the drum loop for an 150 dollar keyboard. Oh boy, Cohen was known to do that a bit. So, uh, <laughs> but it's actually it's really well it's really well produced. Um, but just there, yeah, the stylistic choices he's gone for the female backing vocal, the nylon string guitar, the the synth sounds, and the, the loops, the drum loops. It really is sort of mid to late period Cohen, um, and it's yeah, it's obviously a a great wistful wistful song as well. Just yeah, really cool. Look, Cohen was all about the the sound of the song, not the sound. Like he was always about how good the song was written, not how good the song sounded. And I think that's like it, it's good if you can write a song with a hundred fifty dollar keyboard, it's a good song. Yeah, um, and hey, it, look, and, Cohen was great at that. And honestly, uh, it doesn't really come across as like a cheaply produced song at all as you'll hear uh it just it's for what you're trying to what he was aiming to do he very clearly made that he very clearly met that destination in terms of what he wanted it mm. to sound like so and uh, you know what if it works on a hundred if the 150 dollar keyboard is what you need to make that sound work then that's what you can do yeah but um beautiful stuff really nice As- edgar Absolutely fantastic stuff. So let's play us out with uh, the last well, two songs. Well, two, two, two. Mm, mm, Michael, you've gone and bitched about your your show for forty minutes. Time to bitch about my <laughs> bitch about our socials. About our oh, socials. Yes. Give us a sec. Come on. <laughs> Give me a Look, break. Me. God damn it. Um. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, do, do you think? Do it. Come on, guys. Guys, before you Michael carries you away too quickly, make sure you go and check out our socials for um, Bar Talk on Facebook and YouTube, and of course AMR Australia um, for both us and Heavy Reborn and Mint Factory and whatever other shows we've got going on at the moment. I can't keep track. Um, please, 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 please. We're on Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter for AMR Australia. Um, of course, you can make sure you can stream all of the AMR podcasts that have been coming out on australiamusiciansradio.com. Of course, for Bar Talk, it's australiamusiciansradio.com forward slash bar hyphen talk. You can also catch all of our episodes at uh, shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Make sure you go and keep an eye out what's going on. We know we're doing plenty of live reviews coming up and exciting shit, you know. 
Couldn't have done a better plug myself. There we go. Bloody, you know, you know, bloody good. I'm, I'm, I'm going to allow you to plug your own show on your own show. You know, that's, that seems fair. I'm, I'm willing to let that one slide. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll allow it. Yes. Now, I want to plug Raid Shadow Legend. Time <laughs> 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 uh, to talk about our sponsor. <laughs> Uh, no, uh, don't, like, like we've been approached by a few sponsors on the red line, and it just, I can't, I can't justify being like, and then he, that's why the that's why the gas trade is killing thousands. <sighs> Hello Fresh is a fantastic way to like, I can't, I, I just can't. <laughs> and then that next, and then the next, and then the next year there were four thousand people executed. Time to hear a word from our sponsor, <laughs> Rage Shadow Legends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Michael, you're a bloody legend. Just keeping no me, keeping me thanks, laughing. Thanks again for having me on. It's always a ba- always a great time to hang out with you and uh, listen to my rants about you know different systems <laughs> of measurement. That's that's all I'm here for. You know, keeping these keeping these episodes longer than they should be with your with your beautiful <laughs> beautiful exposition and points of view that I, I don't think anybody asked for, but. You know, we've no. got it anyway. This unconsensual, uh, un- unconsen- unconsensual uh, anecdoting. Exactly. You know, it's all. It's all. If you're looking for someone to bitch about Central Asian dictators, I'm your man. Because <laughs> I sure as hell don't know anyone else that's doing it. <laughs> no, because no one else cares. So it's just me. Well, like no one I, else, I, no one I, else I, knows I, what the I, fuck I, is going on. I took the time to learn Gurbanguli Burdi Khokamendov, and I'm gonna get my damn money's worth out of it. Okay, that's this why we're here. All right, well, why don't you fuck off uh, for once? <laughs> awesome, thank you so yep. much for having me on. I'll, Go uh, back behind that next red time. line. Go back behind that red do. line. I will do. I will do. Bloody hell! I'll see you whenever, Michael. Here, here it is. <laughs> here they are. The last songs to finish your evening off. Uh, Mary Golden with "Just Like Smoke" and. Michael. And we'd Back like and forth to thank me. Raid Look, I'd like to thank Raid Shadow Legends, uh-uh. my mum, um <laughs> Jesus obviously. You know, it's just been it's just been a great time, you know. It, it's you know, it's not often I get again, no one listens to me when I rant. You know, last I usually I have to give my rant about Central Asian dictators on the bus at two AM and you know, it's nice that someone is giving me a platform about it. I was asking you to introduce the last song, but sure. Oh, okay. Well, frankly, you know, this is why I'm a professional, you know. This is why I, you know, I do what I do. So, we're going to hear uh, Marigold, Just Like Smoke, and we're going to head out with Edgar Hurley with a fantastic song, Sometimes, because sometimes I actually take the cues that uh, Daniel gets me, and I actually do a professional job. <sighs> That's all i got to say. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> see you next week. Summertime, praying on my mind, playing tricks like everybody else has got it down by 26, and I'm lagging behind. You can see it in my eyes, I don't compromise, don't apologize if I'm in the right, but at the same time, I've been taught to be quiet, taught to restrict my diet, taught that's the only way to be happy with your body, and I know it ain't true. Trying to live ever and too, trying to be living proof You can put your privilege to good use And I will lie far too often I use a chin and my mouth to calm my nerves My eyes, dreams up to the skies Keep them flying, keep them rising We empty bottles but we're filling them with flowers Learning of our powers and saying out loud The type of life we want to lead And I'll drink to that For you and for me Though my voice might shake and my lips might turn blue I got a strength inside, quit stepping on my fire, jump aside, I'm about to light it higher Just like smoke we rise up, ashes